So it's Luke chapter 12, starting from verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Well, if I asked you to think of the most successful person you can think of, who springs to mind for you? Perhaps it's a sporting star of some kind. Um, an Ash Barty or a Lionel Messi, people who got to the top of their game, making millions, receiving the adoration of thousands of people. Or maybe you think of people in the entertainment industry, famous pop stars and movie stars, you know, the, the beautiful people. Um, well, maybe not that guy so much anymore. We'll, <laughs> we'll cancel him. Uh, Perhaps you think of those people who've made it in business or in politics, uh, people who have power, people who have influence. These people are successful. And in many ways, they are, aren't they? Or maybe you bring it closer to home, like one of my scripture students told me when I was doing this very lesson with them. And they said, well, I said, who do you think of when you think of someone who's successful? And they said, my mum. Oh. Now today we're looking at this story that Jesus told about a man who looks like the very picture of success. He's industrious, he's wealthy, but just about any measure you'd like to use, he's made it in life. But as Chris mentioned earlier, that's not how God views him. God's assessment of this man is that he is a fool. Uh, now I'm going to read through this story again for you one more time and I want you to think about why God concludes that this man is a fool. So pick it up with me from verse 16 of chapter 12. This is a story, a parable from Jesus. He says, The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I'll store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. Doesn't look like a fool, does he? I mean, we have our mining magnates. You could say this guy is a farming magnate. Um, if such a thing existed, he'd be taking home his local Farmer of the Year awards. He's got a productive property, he's making good money, and he's comfortable. In fact, things are going so well for him that he tells us he's run out of storage. 
He can't fit it all in. He has to renovate. He has to expand, build bigger barns. He's doing so well, in fact, that he doesn't even need to keep working. See what he says there in verse 19. He's going to now take life easy. Eat, drink and be merry. Taking early retirement, going to kick back and enjoy the fruits of his labour. I mean, this guy is living the dream. A man who, in the eyes of this world, is a success by any measure. So I think it does come as a bit of a surprise when we get to verse 20 and we find out what God thinks of this man. Because God calls him a fool. And that is quite an accusation, isn't it? And you've got to wonder, what is it about him that would make God think this of him? I mean, he would appear to have achieved what we all want in life. He's made it. Well, I think if we have a bit of a closer look at the story, I've got three reasons why God says that this man is a fool. And the first one is this, that a fool thinks that life is all about the stuff. Uh, This farmer thought that life was all about how much money he could make and how much stuff he had. See, if you go back to the very start of this episode, just before Jesus tells this story, uh, there's this little interaction between Jesus and these two brothers. Jesus is approached by a man who wants Jesus to tell his brother to divide the inheritance with him. Um, Rabbis were often asked to intervene in such matters, uh, but Jesus wants nothing to do with it. And he introduces this story about the rich man by saying this in verse 15. He says, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So that's how Jesus introduces the story. He wants to tell us that life is not about how much stuff you've got. Now some things don't change, do they? I mean, we would consider our own culture pretty materialistic, uh, but it seems people back in Jesus' day had the same issue with money and things. Now, there's plenty of people who still think that way, think that life is about getting more stuff. Now, they won't quite put it that way, but they'll measure the quality and success of life based upon the things that they own, certainly in terms of how much they've got in comparison to other people. And people who advertise and market to us understand this well. Um, I was wandering through Westfield one day and I was stopped in my tracks by a a poster that I saw in the shop window for a jeweller. It was an ad for Seiko watches. And I kid you not, this is what it said. It's your watch that tells most about who you are. And I thought, that's incredible. All these years I've been thinking that my watch told me what the time was. But no, apparently now it it defines who I am. It's the greatest form of self-expression available to humanity. Now, that one might be a little on the cheesy side, but people in marketing understand that they're not just selling you a product. They're trying to sell you an image, uh, a lifestyle. And as we're bombarded and barraged with all of these different images of what the good life looks like, where life can be found, we can be left with the impression that life is made up, consists of the things that we own, the things that we possess. 
Too often and too easily we fall into the trap of measuring our success in life and even the lives of other people by the type of car we drive or where we live or the quality of our furniture. Now, very few of us would be so crass as to put it like that, to say that that's in fact what we're living for. But if that is in fact what your life is oriented towards, if the important decisions that you make in life are based around how you can accumulate more stuff, better stuff, well, Jesus says, you'll end up living like a fool. We need to be reminded, as Jesus reminds us here, that life does not consist in the amount of our possessions and that to live like it does is to live like a fool. Well, the second reason that Jesus says that our farmer friend here is a fool is that he thinks that life is all about him. And now I'm going to show you the story again, and I won't read it for you. You can have a look at it yourself, and I've just highlighted a few words for you and see if you can pick up what this guy's issue might be. You can get a sense of how he ticks, can't you? This is all about him and what he's achieved for himself. And I guess the most obvious thing that's missing that Jesus points out later is that he's not about to thank God for any of the things that he's got. There is no place for God in his thinking in his life. And I don't think our farmer friend would be on his own here either. We're all inclined to cut God out of the picture, not give him his due. We all like to think that we are in control or that certainly at least what we have, we have earned. Not something given to us, but something deserved rather than provided. And Jesus says that that outlook is foolish. It's foolish because it ignores the reality that we're very much dependent creatures, aren't we? I think if we're remotely honest about it, fact is we have very little say and very little control over so much that happens in our lives and to us. I mean, think about things like even just the, the very life that you have been given, the time and place of your birth, the family and the culture that you were born into, and with that, your wealth, your health, and ultimately even the time of your own death. These are not things for us to choose and to manipulate and to control. So it's a foolish and it's a dangerous thing to live as though God actually isn't there. You might think it, but it doesn't make it so. So it's a foolish thing to make life all about you. Which brings us to the third point, which is that a fool thinks that life is all about now. Our farmer thinks that life is really only about the here and now. Have a look at what he says again. Say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink and be merry. God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. 
This farmer's got the next few years all figured out. He's got plenty to keep him comfortable in retirement. His super scheme is all topped up and then some. He's all set to live the good life. But he hasn't given any thought. He hasn't made any preparations for what comes after that. He's made no plans for eternity. And Jesus says that's about as foolish as you can get. When God demands his life from him, he's not ready. He's not ready to meet his maker. When his life comes to an unexpected and abrupt end, he does so without having peace with God. Now, you've probably heard the expression, he who dies with the most toys wins. You might have even heard the little play on that expression which says this, that he who dies with the most toys still dies. Uh, it's really the same point Jesus is making here. That old cliche that you can't take any of it with you, well, it's absolutely right, isn't it? At the end of the day, or perhaps more correctly, at the end of your life, someone else is going to end up with all of your toys. This farmer, for all of his money, for all of his retirement plans, still dies, doesn't take any of it with him, and more seriously than that, dies unprepared to meet the God who had given him life itself. It's the last thing Jesus says to his audience that day. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. To live this life for yourself and for the things of this world, to cut God out of that picture, not to give God his rightful place in your life, well, God's assessment is that you're a fool. God's measure of a successful life, a rich life, is very different to our world's. A successful life in God's eyes is one that is firstly rich toward him. I think the point Jesus wants to make is a pretty simple one. That we need to be people who value what truly matters. A few verses later in this same chapter in Luke, Jesus will say this, for where your treasure is, that your heart will be also. We need to be clear about what we're living for, where our treasure is, what matters most to us. We need to wisely invest our lives in what is most important. And what matters most is not a nicer holiday or a new lounge or upgrading the postcode that you live in or the quality of your kitchen appliances. What matters most is Jesus. So as you think about this year ahead, what looms largest in your mind in terms of your hopes and your plans? How does your relationship with God factor in to what you want? What you want for yourself, what you want for other people, for those around you, 
How does the gospel of Jesus and his claim on your life define and direct what you'll be living for? Will 2023 be a year for you that is rich in the things of God? Or will you fritter it away on foolish pursuits? Will this year be one where you invest in and prioritise your relationship with Jesus? Or will it look more like a side hustle uh, while you get on with the really important things you've got going on in your life? Jesus said, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. I don't think there will come a point in our lives where we don't need to hear that warning from Jesus. I don't think any of us are immune from being drawn into that lie that life is really all about the stuff. So we need to check. Check our hearts. Assess our lives. Make sure that we're not living like fools. And remember that a rich life is one that is rich toward God. And to set our hearts on the treasure that is Jesus.